0: Every single one of you by voting conscience. That's how you change things. You change things by voting for who you believe in. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you all, but oh dear. You may not share our intellect which might explain your disrespect for all the natural wonders that grow around. Hey everybody, welcome to what will actually be the last Mr. Johnson's Liberty Hood. I know it's hard to believe on the twisting and turning road we've been on together through this journey, of course, which was wrought with many horrors like uh Bill Weld, of course, popping his face out of the damn freezer all the time, causing rivets in the road that's derailing everything, and of course, Gary's own failure from a mental standpoint didn't exactly help, but still, but we're here, we're going to... We're going to look back. We're going to look back this episode. We're going to remember the fond times, which were few and far between. We're going to examine the election. You know, all that good stuff. It's going to be a good time. And by the way, speaking of good times, you can always find good times at the Lions of Liberty website. And this show, you can find the show notes at lionsofliberty.com forward slash 262. That's this show. Bingo, bango. There's not going to be a lot of show notes there because I'm not going to be discussing 15 different media items. We're just going to basically uh, be jibber-jabbing on. Jibber-jabbing on! And uh, chatting about things. Who, you might ask, am I chatting with? Well, somebody who's shockingly popular on this show. I still don't understand it. Much like It's much like the Trump phenomenon. He's got secret support out there somehow. He's, polling. He's not polling well. But yet he comes through in the clutch every time. The one and the only Rico. Hey, Rico.
1: What's up, buddy? To quote
0: the great Ric Flair, it's with a
1: tear in my eye that I appear on the last Gary Johnson's Liberty Hood. Oh, I know. It's so That's sad. not a direct quote. I kind of <laughs> cut in faith. He never actually mentioned.
0: Ric Flair himself didn't say that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> just half of it.
0: It's just, just, just the Liberty Hood part, shockingly enough.
1: Yes. He's a big fan. who it? so yeah (laughs) we gotta
0: gotta look yeah hillary clinton's not a fan of everything or, or anything right now you know what hillary clinton wasn't a fan of uh class last night where she left however many thousand hillary clinton supporters sitting there in her uh where was it the javits center with the glass ceiling it was supposed to be this big symbolic thing they were gonna do All these people are there for like 10, 12 hours until two in the morning waiting, even though it looks like they're going to lose. They're weeping openly in the seats, weeping like the people listening to this podcast are weeping because it is coming to an end. And yet Hillary Clinton can't get the guts to go out and face her own supporters to tell them, hey, we're going to come back tomorrow. We're going to count the rest of the votes. We're not giving up yet. No, no. She has to send out John Podesta, the testable.
1: It's kind of understandable in the sense that she lost an election she's been preparing for probably since her failed run in 2008. And she lost Donald Trump. It's kind of like if the Patriots got to pick their Super Bowl opponents and lost to the Browns. (laughs) How do you explain that to your fans? You can't. You need at least a day to try to think of something to say. And I think that's what uh, happened to Hillary.
0: I think you're right. I, I, I think you actually nailed it right on the head there that she was like, I did not see this possibility coming. Like I can't, she probably couldn't even mentally come to grips with it. Like her reality was shattered. Like I just saw Dr. Strange. Great movie. The universe is folding on itself. Buildings are turning sideways. That was what was happening with Hillary, even more so than usual because of her, whatever it has, vertigo slash uh, the flu bug slash pneumonia, whatever she's always coming down with.
1: But it's just crazy. Like, she wanted to face Donald Trump in this election. Oh, yeah. It was in the emails that that they were setting
0: it up for this. Yeah.
1: It was like her dream scenario. Like, who could she not lose to? This guy who just talks out of his ass and doesn't know any policies <laughs> that offends most people. Uh, and yeah, she lost to him. It's it's insane.
0: And technically, know. Donald Trump does offend most people by point zero two percent, I believe, is the popular vote of the electoral college wise. He actually crushed Hillary Clinton. But, you know, let's talk about that because, you know, Gary Johnson, let's just throw in an afterthought there, did not get five percent. Which is what he needed to get funding, which uh, that's a big debate, whether or not we should take it. Uh, it's a moot point now because we're not going to get it. Uh, obviously, but Gary Johnson pulled like 3% whoop de da day. Uh, we'll come back to that, but for now, I just want to talk a little bit about this, this whole, yeah, the Trump phenomenon. And I've seen a lot of explanations for it. What do you think is the explanation, Rico? And then I'll give you my take on it.
1: Well, I think the description of it as being a phenomenon is quite overblown. From what I read, he actually got less votes than Romney did in 2012 and McCain did in 2008. Now, perhaps that's before all the the votes are, are counted, but I don't think it was some kind of sweeping the nation phenomenon. I think it was just a general dislike of Hillary Clinton, to, to really explain it, people were did not like her. They did not like the, the portrayal of, you know, this is what's good for you. Um, just everything that's happened in the last eight years, the people that were voting were more motivated to not see a continuation or or to vote for a middle finger to, you know, everyone who said, well, Clinton's the best choice. So, I think the, like I said, the, uh, there was no phenomenon. It was just kind of an anti Clinton wave that I think propelled him to, to win this thing.
0: I see. I think it's more than that. I mean, I agree completely that anti Clinton, cause I know I was vehemently against Hillary Clinton. I, you know, she's the worst. She's just the absolute goddamned worst. But apart from that, I think it goes farther back. You know, you'd mentioned the last eight years. I think just at, the people that are, In, you know, rural America, not even just, let's just say small businessmen, really, who've been getting screwed over time and time again by regulations, by Obamacare, popping up premiums. They got to pay for people in every way, corporate tax going up in every way. Small business, rural, you know, they're just getting screwed and not only screwed, but they're getting belittled constantly, a constant stream of belittlement. Like I was reading this great article that I'll link to, uh, a box piece I posted in our Lions of Liberty forum, which by the way, You should come join the Lions of Liberty Forum. Just go to Facebook, type in Lions of Liberty Forum. Boom, you're in. If you're not a psychopath, we will approve you. And if you are a psychopath, hey, maybe we'll keep you around for a lark. But I posted a piece in the forum. It was basically a whole article by a liberal talking about liberal smugness and this whole concept of well, you don't know what's good for you. You're not educated. You don't. You you don't realize. You don't. You haven't read up. You don't know the issues and. This positioning of this, you know, just be snubbing their nose at these people for years and years and years. And that has built up so much resentment that they're like, fuck you, Trump it up.
1: No, I, yeah, I agree with that. And I also think, you know, you look at the candidates and you know, <laughs> Trump has been portrayed <laughs> perhaps a little bit overboard as, you know, racist, misogynistic, xenophobic. There's probably elements of all of that, but I, I I know he's not the apocalyptic candidate that he's made out to be. I don't think I'm uh, we should be expecting nuclear bombs to be raining down all over the world in three months. No, He's certainly egotistical, but I don't see him as a uh, murderous psychopath. The, You know, one thing in his favor, you <laughs> know how much, you know, you want to give to this, but I mean, he seems k- kind of like a normal family man as much as you can for probably being on it. Having 18 families. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But his kids seem remarkably well adjusted for whatever.
0: Considering they were yeah born into this trust fund, baby silver spoon madness that usually you see people just become drug addicted, uh, Corvette crash victims, you know, yeah.
1: So he must have done something well. Um, and on and Hillary's side, too, I, it seems like Chelsea's pretty well adjusted as
0: well. But Clinton she was, she was the one calling out the foundation. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. She, She's like, Mama, you know, maybe we shouldn't yeah. be taking all this money from foreign governments. Doesn't look good. The
1: huge, huge disappointment to her parents on that one.
0: <laughs> we thought we raised <laughs> cool. you right. You keep the books shut. And you keep your mouth shuttered. <laughs>
1: But Clinton is just so transparently corrupt that I I just did not want to see her win. No, because if you could be that corrupt and win an election where you're in bed with the media, you're basically given a pass to the the Democratic nomination. You get to kind of manipulate to to see who you want to run against, uh, at least in some small part. And her policies have not been <laughs> very
0: noble. No, not at part. all. And they change so, accordingly, to, you know, however they need. But yeah, go, go finish up.
1: And I think part of the problem is that the Democrats have to look in the mirror. One, because of that whole kind of elitist attitude that a decent percentage of them show. And two, because they did not really get their candidate organically. Yeah, I, I think if the nomination process were completely fair, that you might not have seen Hillary even win her nomination to begin with. So you might have had a different candidate in there who would have beaten Trump, but you got Trump or uh, Clinton shoved down people's throat like, this is your candidate. This is who's going to be president. And it all seems so preordained. And people did not want to see that. Yeah, You don't want to see
0: the crowning them. of a king. Well, and also here, here's why Like I was rooting for Trump. Uh, I believe you were also rooting for Trump because we know Gary Johnson's not going to win. So I'm rooting for him to get the numbers, but I was rooting for Trump to come out on top when it's between the two of them. And honestly, if I was looking at it from a neutral standpoint, looking at pure policy experience, I might say, well. Hillary Clinton, I guess, makes the most sense because she spent time doing this and that. Granted, her record is terrible, by the way. She's accomplished nothing as a senator. Her foreign policy has been disastrous, so maybe I wouldn't have. But let's just say compared to Trump, who has no record. So maybe on an even playing field, I would say maybe I would root for Hillary. But her supporters and the way they've carried themselves this whole time, turned me so against her. Like I said, the corruption, the emails, the fact that she never addressed it, the fact that she just didn't she didn't speak to the media for, for weeks after this came out. She, she was above it. It was below her consideration. And then all her supporters, you bring this stuff up. You cite... All of the history she has oppressing minorities with the bills that Clinton did, opposing gay marriage, opposing medical marijuana, opposing all of these progressive things. And they put their fingers in their ears and they go, no, 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 I mean, I was talking to this one gal I know, friends with her. She was ridiculous. She was crazy. She goes, I, I told her I listed up all these well-reported facts, facts. And she goes, no, you're wrong. Check your sources. You need to you know, like, like I was saying earlier, like I'm the uneducated one. I'm like, bitch, I spent all day reading this. It's just that that mentality, the supporters refusal to acknowledge that they chose a candidate who is so heavily flawed and so unlikable. And they just can't believe that you didn't vote for her because she's a woman and we need a woman president. Just blows my mind.
1: It's crazy. And the crying that took place yesterday. I mean, I can't imagine ever crying. Like having <laughs> a candidate. I mean, I only cry over sports.
0: Like <laughs> yeah, me too. But, uh, not over and, and when dogs get but, killed in movies. <laughs> That's the other thing.
1: <laughs> but to have such blind faith in in her of all people that you know you're devastated when she loses is like what are you looking at? Where you think she's like a good person well and also why would you tie yourself in
0: how do you identify your own being so closely with this woman and her record and it's like these people they buy into it they have no knowledge of the legislative process and what the president can and can't do it's like even if she was put in there she's not gonna what do you expect her to do other than being a woman it's just gonna be the same shit that we've had for the last few years except more wars in all likelihood you know
1: Yeah. And then and then the meltdown after Trump won is, you know, you're seeing all kinds of protests, uh, mass protests,
0: hatred on Facebook. People Uh, just I love I've seen so many posts from these liberals that uh, liberal friends, because, you know, I live in L.A., which is 95 goddamn degrees here today, by the way, in the middle of November. But (laughs) I live in L.A., so I'm surrounded by blue. Everybody's a liberal here. It's unabashed. And the posts on Facebook is like, I've unfriended, like prideful, saying I've unfriended so many Trump supporters today. You know, those intolerant bigots. And it's like, do you have no sense of irony? Do you not understand that you are the most intolerant person that you're, like, you're unfriending people because they voted for somebody because they might think slightly different than you. You don't know the reasons for supporting Trump. You know, they probably weren't a racist or you probably wouldn't have been friends with them, would you? You think they became (laughs) a racist uh overnight? Apparently,
1: the country did become racist overnight because the last eight years, I believe we had a
0: black president. I, I was, did, too. And I think he won with 70 percent of the vote. He, so what happened? Yeah,
1: <laughs> he was, We didn't just uh, sneak by. He was pretty, you know, handily won those two elections. The, so the racist well,
0: pod people came in and replaced 25 percent of the population with racist silver night.
1: Yeah. So apparently, you know, the country became took a massive U-turn. And said, well, you know what? we're racist again. <laughs> it worked for us in the past and we got some nostalgia. So let's those, all be racist.
0: Those were the good old days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. like you No, know, maybe there
1: were other things at play and you know, I'm sure there was a few, obviously there's a few races. Um, But that's not why Trump won. It's not because America just became
0: racist again. And it's not because everybody likes to say it was a white backlash and white white males drove this whole thing. But there were women voting for Trump. And you know what? There were more Hispanics that voted for Trump than voted for Romney. Thirty five percent of Hispanics voted for Trump. So what? They they they're self-hating. They're self-hating people.
1: And he also got a a larger percentage of the black vote. Um, there was a reduced one, the black vote was less than it had been four years ago. So, I mean, that kind of might show that there was less motivation. Maybe there, uh, you know, they weren't as scared as a, you know, on a whole, on a grand scale than what the media portrayal was. Certainly, you know, some people are acting like, Oh, we got to. Get out of you know, get out of the country. Everything's going to hell, but that's not what the population as a whole thinks.
0: No, of course not. And I and I can't stand either. This I have to bring up because obviously I'm sure many people that are listening to this podcast and identify themselves as libertarians, big or little L, would have been encountering this. Oh, you know what? You voted third party, and it's your fault that Trump won, which is moronic because. I, I was looking at our forum, looking at our our own internal lines of Liberty email group, and the conversations we've had. We were pretty much all of us going for Donald Trump if we would not have gone libertarian, because that's just the way that libertarians seem to have have gone. Unless you're a, a hashtag never Trumper, most of the you probably look at Donald Trump's platform. His tax reform is good. His health care reform is actually excellent. This and, and with the reality that well, the walls. Well, well, let's hold, let's hold on a second here. <laughs> well, you don't like not. his healthcare reform. <laughs>
1: <laughs> repeal and replace with what i don't oh, know it's in- doing
0: health care dude rita Rita's, uh he's got a good plan it's a repeal at obamacare replace it with health care savings accounts you can deduct uh, payment for children and the elderly from your taxes it's actually it's, it's a good plan i'm telling you and he wants to open up the well, insurance he had, across saw
1: window yeah he has window dressing it's not something that's really going to be a comprehensive replacement as of yet, but perhaps I'm wrong, but I I do want to point out like, look, Trump has said many horrible things. Um, He wants to kill families. of. Well, I don't think he wants, I don't know that he wants to, but he said, you know, kill the families of terrorists. Um, Right. Which of course is Saddam
0: Hussein's tactic. (laughs) He's, he's
1: he's threatened to like sue media outlets, um, TV stations because of their message. Yep. So, He's hardly libertarian and I'm hardly overjoyed that he won um, compared to Clinton. I guess uh, better. I better just because I, I really just like Clinton and I think she's a warmonger and uh, she's trying to pick a fight with Russia for whatever reason. So, yeah. I, you know, he's shades of gray better than Clinton. But I wouldn't say like I was overly thrilled that he won. But, you know, look, look it was either uh, him or her. And right and, Really dislike her, so that's what's left.
0: Well, exactly, and I'm not saying that any. But I'm not saying we were head over heels enthusiastic about Trump. We bashed Trump plenty, and like you said, though, it is. I mean, I voted for Gary Johnson, but if uh, if it comes down to it, who would I have rather seen come out on top? I would have rather Trump. And that was the majority yeah. opinion in the forum, too, was people would say we're trending more Trump than Clinton because of, yeah, the warmongering, because she's untrustworthy, because of the corruption, because of the record of legislation, the, the non-focus on justice reform, just that there's there's a numerous things uh, you know, continuation of Obamacare with an effort to put in a universal health care, which she was passionate about when she was first lady. I mean, there's a million reasons to hate Hillary Clinton. There's a thousand reasons to hate Trump. So it's the lesser of two evils, like I said. But that's what pisses me off about the third party argument, though, that it lost Clinton the election somehow, is that I'm sorry, most of the people that voted libertarian would probably have gone for Trump and most of the people, the Green Party would probably have gone for Clinton, although the Green Party, you know, negligible.
1: Yeah. So I saw a breakdown. I think there was 13 swing states and the whole argument that, you know, Gary Johnson somehow cost Clinton the election just doesn't hold water at all. No. Like you said, he's probably pulling more people from the right than the left. If anything, there's a small, small argument that perhaps Jill Stein um, cost Clinton in a state or two. I think one state, She I forget which one, she got 1.1% of the vote and Clinton right. lost by like 0.6%. But you know, <laughs> what should be... Everyone has to be limited to two candidates. That's why we're in this bullshit to begin with. Yeah, exactly. We have Trump versus Clinton. There's no good answer there. But everyone said, oh, you got to, you know, you got to vote for one of the two. That's bullshit. Right. I don't identify with either one of them.
0: Right. And they say they go, well, you know, what? this year it's so important, though, that, you know, I mean, come on, look at we got we got this guy or this girl. It's so important that you vote. It's like, you know what? Every year it's going to be the same shit. So it's always going to be that way with people that are consider themselves democrats or republicans they always think the great evil is on the other side and bill Maher even was talking about this how he had demonized he admitted he said, yeah, we've demonized that. the you know the opposition so much and we said that that everybody's been the great evil oh romney's the great evil and he goes you know what i i i i should have saved my my rhetoric because when when somebody actually comes along i don't like i've used it all up it's the cry wolf syndrome so these guys yeah, yeah we you know people you got to cast your vote third party at some point. Why not this year? Why not every year? Because you need to build up confidence that it's possible for this stuff to keep going in the movement to grow. People need to see it as a viable alternative. And that's what this is more than anything. You have to cast that vote. Even if you don't, it's not going to win this year. You vote what you believe in. Just like yeah. Gary Johnson said in his, in his high pitched uh, post-election speech.
1: Well, the other thing is, you know, the president is not meant to be a dictator. This is why there's three branches of government. This is why there's, you know, Congress and people have for far too long just kind of accepted. You know, if you're on the left, all the executive orders that Obama did were, you know, because of obstructionist Congress. Yeah, yeah. They're perfectly justified. Yeah. So when your guys in power, great. And the right was like that under Bush, too. So, you know what? Great. Now that Trump's in office, let's all keep a very uh, close eye on what he's doing and kind of do our best to rein in what uh, he's able to do unilaterally, which is the way it was meant to be to begin with. So maybe this could be a blessing in disguise to say, hey, you know, this executive has far too much power and Trump's this ultimate evil, quote unquote. So we got to watch him and, you know, we'll see. I mean, that would be a nice byproduct if actually the executive finally got a yeah, got
0: reined in and it was actually checks and balances. I said that exact same thing actually to a coworker earlier today, that exact point. It's like, that's the silver lining to all of this is that possibly executive orders will be reined in. Now let's talk about, obviously was that's enough Trump Clinton talk. We've done a lot of that. So let's talk about the, uh, the man that this show is named after. Let's talk about Gary Johnson and Bill Weld in their campaign. Uh, I mean, the tally, oh, I don't know what the end tally. name me so mad. So mad. God, it's so mad. It's like, I'm drinking, I'm drinking now. I was going to give a toast to the end of this show, but I think I'm just, I'm just drinking it now because I'm angry thinking about it. <laughs> but yeah, he's just, you talk about looking back all of the gas and you try to list off the positives that Gary did. Like we were giving him points early on in the show, you know, our, pl- our, uh, our, uh, very sophisticated johnson johnson system. But we were giving him Johnson's early on just for simple things, just hitting libertarian talking points. But as the campaign goes on, you can't keep rewarding him for just hitting simple talking points. And half the time, he would fuck those talking points up so it just became gap after gap the Aleppo thing which we we tried to brush off it was a little bit overblown but then you know just the, his performance in in talking to the media his sticking out his tongue with the media then then playing off the like further questioning when he was asked about world leaders and all this other stuff just he was beyond incompetent and the way this campaign is run is beyond incompetent
1: it was and that, that's the biggest disappointment in the whole thing is there was with these two candidates, there was real room for a libertarian to make a Ross Perot type connection to a lot of people. And I don't know if people remember back; I think it was ninety two. Um, Perot was actually leading the race. He was, yeah, in, in July as a third party. He was in the thirties, and he was beating the first Bush and Clinton, and then some kind of minor scandal he pulled out and then he got back in a month and a half two months later and the momentum was gone but he still got I think maybe 20%. Yeah. And you know with with the new uh, you know Hillary and Trump there was a, definitely a possibility that a, a libertarian could you know connect with the public and reach that level and then be thought of as a you know a major factor in races going forward and and they just they did nothing to make the average person take notice of them besides like,
0: you know, snicker. Right. Besides the fuck ups. Exactly. And they they were completely from the very start. Gary Johnson is not someone that inspires you in any way. His mannerisms are uninspiring. He's always talking into his chest a bit. He's always, you know, just he doesn't come across as somebody that you would say, yes, I want that person to lead my country. And, you know, I hate to say it, but a vast a vast amount of Americans need somebody up there that's going to be robust and strong and confident. And Gary Johnson never seemed that way. At the, I mean, at the very end of the campaign, he started getting fired up over everything because, you know, he's like, oh, I got to show him I'm, a, I, I'm, I'm powerful and strong. But even in that, he just looked crazy.
1: Yeah. And he was like, well, I've been the butt of a joke for, for three months. So finally, he got some emotion, which is great, but too little, too late. And the fact is, you know you if you, he ran for president 4 years ago to not know what's expected on this stage is inexcusable it's not you know he should have known that anyways but the fact is he ran for president in 2012 he should right. know i need to take this serious i need to you know be on point with my foreign policies i need to articulate my domestic policies very well and not this socially tolerant uh or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. Exactly. Bullshit. Fiscally
0: conservative, it, socially tolerant.
1: I mean, that's not even a libertarian. Um, I mean, it's such a, it's a narrow simplification. Uh, yeah. 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 It's it's absurd that that's what his you know platform, his make a America great kind of tagline was.
0: Well, I think and their whole just, platform essentially was, and how he got elected in the first place is he ran in twenty twelve badly. And then, you know, he came back and their whole their whole platform was basically, hey, we used to be governors. And, yeah, we you know we, we, we were right in the middle of both of you without any hardcore things that people could latch on and believe in or solid concrete talking points that people could rally behind.
1: And and then to cap it all off, you have your vice presidential candidate basically campaigning for one of the other parties. On national
0: media, yeah, that was unbelievable.
1: It's beyond a slap in the face to everyone who supported the libertarian movement to say, oh, "Yeah, Clinton, I need to be here to vote for Clinton." No, you right, don't. That is vouch- not what you're here for. If you need to vote for Clinton, drop out or get off the ticket because yep. you're not a libertarian. Ne- you never were a libertarian. And I want to and I want to and-
0: read that quote because it it angered me so much and just it was unbelievable in every way. So here's here's what he said. Well, I'm here vouching for Mrs. Clinton, and I think it's high time somebody did. Because, and this is me, because God knows not enough people are vouching for Hillary Clinton out there throughout the establishment and all the shills for the left. And then the media shills who have met with her campaign. But anyway, I digress. He said this on the Rachel Maddow show. This is a continuation of his quote. I'll just read it from start to finish. Well, I'm here vouching for Mrs. Clinton, and I think it's high time somebody did. And I'm doing it based on my personal experience with her. And I think she deserves to have people vouch for her other than members of the Democratic National Committee. So I'm here to do that. Now, you know what? Go ahead.
1: Just to interrupt. First of all, she doesn't deserve that. Second of all, you know what Gary Johnson deserved is a running mate who would campaign for him.
0: Or (laughs) just shut the fuck up. Yeah. I mean, literally, that's your job as the VP is to. Campaign for your president. Be a shill for your president. Defend your president. And if you're not going to do that, shut the fuck up. I didn't hear much well, like, about from Mike Pence or Tim Kahn. I Well, I guess they did their one debate. But for the most part, you don't hear anything about him. But Bill Weld, always in the news, hungry for the news, seeking out interviews so he can shill for Hillary Clinton while on the Libertarian ticket.
1: The only kind of disappointment, and I wouldn't really... Disappointment's a bad word, but the interesting thing is if Hillary did win, what kind of position Weld would have gotten? Because then it would have been very uh, clear what he really was, but I guess that's out the
0: window. Some now. sort of but, minor you know. cabinet member, undersecretary to the attorney general, which, by the way, I think Rudy Giuliani is going to be the new attorney, or yeah. not attorney uh, uh, the Head of the agriculture, I believe, is where Rudy Giuliani is settling in.
1: Any uh Rudy Giuliani appointment is a huge uh dump. Gonna...
0: <laughs> it's just so awful. <laughs> oh, God. The only God. thing will be interesting is his, you know, is I, I don't want to make fun of his lisp. I kind of do. Because I hate it. God, I hate <laughs> Rudy Giuliani so much. Oh, he's a nightmare. But yeah, getting back to Weld and this just this whole ticket, it I look, I don't know if Putting McAfee out there and Larry Sharp, which would have been my ticket, or Mark Feldman. Honestly, a Feldman-Sharp ticket would have been great. Of course, tragically, Mark Allen Feldman died, so I guess that wouldn't have turned out well for us. But, I mean, just, I, I don't know how it would have turned out. McAfee is a loose cannon, but you know what? He can carry himself well. He's a very, very smart man. He can get people behind him. He's quick on his feet and he he does inspire confidence. I mean the guy inspires confidence. Larry Sharp, very smart, intelligent man, but they put forth these two. One's a bumbling idiot who inspires no confidence and one is clearly a plant and if he's not a plant, he's just a self-centered guy who doesn't give a shit about the party and never did. And it's a and it's a tragedy that our delegates put these people forth. Like I'm I you know what what's good about this? I'm inspired. I want to be a delegate now. I might even try to get somewhere. I might even run for you know, for local commission. I might try to get involved with the party more. And I don't even think I'm, I don't consider myself a big L libertarian, but it pisses me off so badly that it's inspiring me. So you know what? Johnson <laughs> for being so <laughs> shitty that you inspired me to do more. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's good. Uh, I don't want to think about all the people he turned off from the movement. Uh, well, hey, it did
0: grow. It got three well, uh, percent. It should have gotten more. Is that is that really growth
1: when they just ran the two shittiest main party candidates? And that I know
0: it, it's not. No, it, it would be funny is if it actually if the party actually shrank, but people were just like. Well, I don't know. I hate both these guys, and the next uh, guy on the ballots, Gary. Check. Might have just been accidental. <laughs> you know what? I did. I didn't feel
1: as bad voting for Gary, which I ultimately did, because I almost thought it was a slap in the face to Bill Weld to vote for him because he so clearly wanted us to vote for <laughs> someone else. So, it was, so it was like the one time in history where you could say. I'm voted for you and it's a a few at the same time. Right. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. It's a protest vote against Bill Weld to actually vote for their ticket (laughs) rather than Hillary. (laughs) He's like, like, damn it. I wanted you to vote for Clinton. (laughs) I did everything. Weren't you listening to my many interviews? I was clearly working it in there. It's like when Kevin Nealon used to do the subliminal messaging guy. You know, you remember <laughs> yeah. that from Saturday Night Live? I do. Yeah, I just talked to him well, I want you to vote for Gary Johnson, vote for Clinton. And then uh, make sure that uh, when you cast your vote on ballot, they vote for Clinton. Yeah, so, just like that. So what, let's, you know, this is at 33 minutes. You, oh, wait, do you want something to add there, Rico? No, I don't. Okay, good. Uh, we're at 33 minutes. I want to try to keep this short. So I want to talk a little bit about Gary's uh, short speech. You know, I just played that at the top of the thing, you know, it was, it's not worth uh, really going into. It was a nothing speech. It was just kind of yeah. like, rah, rah. Yeah, we, you know, we grew, we grew the party. Keep fighting. And, you know, that kind of bullshit. So it wasn't, wasn't great. Bill Weld, yeah, of course, I, I don't, I mean, he was there, but I, <laughs> he's had sure he has nothing to say there? anymore. I thought he
1: was at Clinton <laughs> headquarters waiting to cheer for.
0: Yeah, he was in there crying, crying in the audience in and in a, with a mustache on, like a really bad mustache and the nose and the glasses. So nobody would recognize him. <laughs> But I did get a post-election email from Gary Johnson today thanking me for my support. Now granted that support was not financial, uh, emotional or <laughs> or in any way other than my vote. But but I did get a thank you. I want to rare I, I just want to read a quick part of it and uh, and then we can discuss it. So, he said that it's a rare privilege to, to play a part shaping the future of the great nation offering Americans an honorable, principled choice in this election and being joined by thousands of supporters and volunteers to make a credible third-party ticket for the national conversation. He thinks we took significant steps forward, reshaping the political landscape. I don't know if I would go that far. And he's proud and grateful. Then he goes on to say, This campaign was not about Bill Weld and me. It was not even about 2016. It was about a small government, greater freedom movement that I am confident will take hold and grow well beyond this election. It was about showing millennials, young people, and all Americans that they do not have to blindly accept a two-party duopoly. We have hopefully set the stage for that movement to flourish and have real success at the polls. Uh, there's a little bit more. We don't need to go into it. He wishes, he wishes the president-elect our best wishes, which I think is a good thing. He should do that. Uh, I mean, look, we can gnash our teeth, but it is time to move on and look for better things. So Rico, what do you think about his, his final emailed statement to us all?
1: So just to be clear, Gary is not challenging the um,
0: election. He's not. He's see. not going to be war- taken to the streets to fight against the results. No, I don't think he's accusing anybody of uh, of, of blocking pollsters or blocking people from accessing the polls of the Libertarian Party.
1: <laughs> like it was the rigging against me. Otherwise, I'd be in DC. <laughs> um, well, uh, you know, just like we were saying, I don't really think he did set the stage for you know, further growth. I think um, people voted for him as an alternative to these two particular candidates. But there's not a figure right now that is, you know, I mean, that we would we know some figures that may be poised to kind of take the next step with the party. But it's not I don't think the mainstream public knows yet, which would have been the key thing. Like if if say Larry Sharp was in there and people heard him talk and they're like, wow, this guy's inspiring. Let's let's follow him over the next four years. Or, you know, like Ron Paul when he ran in 08. Yeah. You know, he inspired people to follow him for the next four years and, and continuing on. It, no one's doing that with Gary Johnson. No one's gonna like, oh, let's see what Gary Johns is up to now or, or effing Bill Wells. <laughs> so there's not a figure right now that has kind of broken through to a segment of the mainstream public so i think i i don't i don't buy what he's saying it i think it's a failure yeah and, I, a, and i'm, I'm with you
0: i totally agree and by the way what's the countdown to when gary johnson dies on a mountain hiking somewhere <laughs> we're gonna see if it, the next time we hear about gary johnson it's gonna be because tuck tuck the sherpa pulled him down on his like a, a sling made of uh of wood he found in a old t-shirt but yeah, man. I mean, it's, yeah. There's, there's no. I agree. There's not anything that you can continue on and say. Look at this. Now, the one good thing that did come of this election for us is that Rand Paul did get elected back. He won his Senate seat back pretty authoritatively too. I think he won like seventy percent. He really uh, stomped the crap out of the guy, and that's a good thing because as much shit as we gave Rand in our Rand Polluses and Minuses, you know what? He would he would have been by far and away the best candidate that we could have possibly hoped for in this election cycle.
1: See, and, I I'm, I might've been the one cry, say Rand did get the uh, Republican nomination and he lost to, to Hillary. Then I, I might be be one of the ones crying, but yeah,
0: true. <laughs> I guess we'll I don't think he would have won. I, I think he would have won. I mean, I talked to so oh, many yeah. people that were Democrats that, and I asked them straight up. I asked my buddy, I've won, buddy. I won't, I won't name him on the show, but he is, I'm with oh. her. I'm with her. All this bullshit. And I asked him straight up, I said, okay, man, you're with Hillary, but if Rand Paul was running right now, would you vote for him? Or would you vote for Hillary? And he said, I'd vote for Rand Paul. And I think a lot of Democrats would have jumped ship and voted for Rand Paul. I mean, hell, a lot of Democrats actually voted for Trump. You know, they had to, otherwise this election would have gone to Hillary. So Rand Paul would have run away with it. The GOP, I'm sure is, is happy that Trump won, but they would have had a much more logical candidate in Rand Paul if they hadn't driven him out. And if Hillary's camp hadn't helped to drive Rand out in lieu of uh, of Donald, but I mean, I'm hopeful that now with Rand back in the Senate, he's hopefully in a position where he'll be able to work with Trump and be more of a central part, like in foreign policy and get on the foreign policy committee. And that if he becomes a real leader, I don't think he'll become libertarian. Who knows? Maybe he will. But he's somebody we can at least point to and say, okay, there's a guy that we can at least have some hope in that might get our ideals further ingrained into the GOP. And if not, at least have those ideals where people can say, OK, I like what he's doing there, even if I don't like the GOP. The Libertarian Party is taking those ideals and running with them.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I was very relieved to see that he was going to win. Uh, like you said, he's now um, not a first term senator anymore. So, you know, his power or whatever you want to say, his influence can only grow a little bit. He's been pretty staunchly anti-intervention, anti-war. So he remains a voice uh, in the Senate that's, you know, critical going forward. So, you know, uh, he's never going to be a libertarian. He said, you know, he said, I'm not a libertarian, which is fine. You know, you don't have to claim to be something that you don't believe you are. But he definitely has a lot-
0: and we were getting pissed off that people were calling him a libertarian, and rightly so, because there are certain positions that he's not libertarian on that he would be referred to as libertarian Ryan Paul with shit that does not jive with any part of what libertarians believe. So it's good that he does make that distinction. <laughs> but, yeah, so
1: I mean, it's, it's great going forward that uh, he's still there, and uh, hopefully, you know, we'll hear a lot more from him. And I did find his; he was on one of the you know, Foxy and then whatever this morning where he was talking about waiting to see all these people who claim to be moving to, to Canada. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I can't, I can't wait to see the first one leave. So, <laughs> which is just, which is just nonsense. Yeah. Like, come on, people, you, you you can whine and cry. But at the end of the day, we'll
0: see what really happens. Yeah, no one's moving to Canada. All right. Well, that I think that'll wrap it up. I mean, I'd say overall, this whole schmageggie gets a giant uh John's off in my opinion for the missed opportunities, the lack of inspiration, just the overall candidacy uh, as a whole. Yeah. Um But Hey man, you know, let's still Rico. I don't know if you're drinking over there, but let's raise a glass and toast to the end of if nothing else, a fascinating election year. It's, it's been more than a year and it's been crazy. It has it's
1: been uh, very interesting to watch and, go
0: over so and be a part of we'll what, you're a part of it buddy you're a part of the news media a part of history <laughs> exactly <laughs> and guys uh speaking of history mr johnson's liberty hood will be history uh this is this will be the last episode I, there's a chance i might put together a clip show just highlighting some of our goofier moments uh just for the hell of it to, to take us into the and through the christmas year but um yeah this will be the last official episode but don't be disheartened there are plans for the new year, so stay tuned. I'll be back. Rico, I'm sure, will be back with me as my Bill Weld that undermines me at every possible moment. And uh we'll do this. Will be part of the show that 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 replaces it. We're going to do some fun stuff. We're going to have regular segments that that are in the format of the Johnson John's off Rand Paul Uses and minuses, and possibly even Trump or dump. So. Stay tuned, guys. We're excited for the near future. And I thank you all for listening to Mr. Johnson's Liberty Hood uh, so much. A big thank you to Goulash Media uh, and, and all the work they do to give us fun pictures. And uh, Rico, thank you for being a regular and wonderful contributor to the show. Oh, Nothing I'd rather be doing, my friend. Yep. And this uh, this show, I'm just going to let the entire Mr. Johnson's Liberty Hood theme song play out to take us out. No live long, live free today. Just Mr. Johnson's Liberty Hood. We'll see you guys later. It's a beautiful day in this Liberty Hood. A beautiful day for a candidate. Would he be mine? Could he be mine? It's a liberty day in this Johnson wood, a liberty-ish day for a Gary. Would he be mine? Could he be mine? I've never wanted to have a candidate just like you. I've always wanted to have a real libertarian who's schooled. But let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, would he be mine? could he be mine as long as he acts libertarian won't you please won't you please please won't you be a principled libertarian